0: Hello and welcome to Making Me, where I speak with the writers of Make Me about the inspiration and experience behind the story. I'm creator of Make Me, Hayley Rickardson, and today I'm speaking with Amy Garner Buchanan, writer of This Is Getting Harder, Episode 5 of Make Me. Hello. Lovely to be speaking with you. Yeah, same. So, This Is Getting Harder. What? Well, let's start with Make Me, I guess, and the incredibly vague pitch that was put out about <laughs> the whole project. What what about the pitch made
1: you want to be a part of it? Because it was during the pandemic. It felt it felt like a time when identity was really up for grabs and like destabilized, you know, not being able to work was just such a blow. And so the question of, like, who am I when I'm not working was just a terrifying one to face. And, yeah, like I remember I was, like, sobbing to someone over the phone and I was like, but what if this means, like, the end of the theatre industry? And she's like, theatre is thousands of years old. I think it'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, okay, specifically what about my place in it? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I... Mm. So, yeah, the the chance to dig into and express who I am felt really necessary at that time during lockdown. Yeah. Mm,
0: yeah. But yeah, that's a really good point. I think at the start of last year, I kept using this one metaphor with people about the arts because, you know, in the arts, it always feels like you're treading water and you're kind or you're kind of trying to keep your head above water in terms of you know, the work you're getting or whether you're getting paid, whether you're not getting paid, how you're managing it with all these other things. And then when COVID happened, it's like all the water went out of the pool. So mm. you're not even treading water anymore. There's just nothing there. And it was such a kind of abyss for, for a lot of artists to stand in. Mm. I imagine a lot of workers in other industries as well. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, felt
1: it. yeah, yeah.
0: So your story, this is getting harder where did that come from
1: exactly? So it was a, a script that I'd had kind of on the ideas shelf for a few years. I joined the 28 Plays Later Challenge in 2019 and uh, this was a script that I'd written as a part of that. The brief was, uh, you know, write a script that that could be played on BBC Radio five, six, I don't know, one of the BBC radios. And and it said that uh, artist interviews were kind of common staples of that. So I, I loved the idea of an artist who very definitely doesn't want to be interviewed as a kind of uh, as a premise for that. Yeah, so I had, you know, a couple of pages of that written in 2019. And then kind of when this brief came along, I was like, I've been wanting to come back to that story and that idea. And I think now is the perfect time to do it.
0: Yeah, I think it um definitely was. I remember, because I actually have your your pitch up now, which I, oh, hadn't, cool. I hadn't read in quite a while, but I remember being really connected to this idea. Well, part of what you kind of write is is about looking at three different labels, which is sort of the label of the artist and the label of bisexuality and the label of being clinically or chronically depressed. And, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to kind of interrogate those labels. And there was, there's this line of, I want to put these labels on trial in the mm-hmm. mouths of characters who are also conflicted about them. Mm-hmm. And I remember really responding to that and connecting with that and kind of going, oh, that's interesting. But what, what did you want to achieve by putting, putting these labels on trial?
1: Um, I think I wanted to express my experience of being unsure about my labels. And those three labels feel for me like I have to defend them or I have to earn them. Yeah, And so I, identity politics is often painted as something that is very angry and is very assertive and sometimes it is that and sometimes it needs to be that. Also figuring out who you are is this really uncertain place and it's a constant struggle to figure out who you are, um, especially in times of crisis, and so I, I wanted to explore the I wanted to explore uncertainty within identity politics.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point as well. I think that really came through in the not just in the pitch, but in the actual story, because the story, which we won't won't give away too much, of it, <laughs> that you have you have this this artist who is sort of questioning where she is. In her career, in her life, and and what everything means, and you have a, a filmmaker who's interviewing her and also trying to just get her to to turn up at her own her own exhibition opening <laughs> in her her gallery. And I sort of I found that that it's a really interesting setup because at the beginning you kind of put these characters in almost binary positions of sort of youth versus experience, and and sort of even fluid versus fixed in terms of sexuality, mm. at least initially. Mm. And then, but, you know, as we go on, these lines really, like they become very blurred and the the two characters, they're fighting and then they're flirting and what sort of starts as a, as a clear dynamic becomes quite slippery and like wonderfully mm. complex. And did that, did that happen naturally as you were writing it or was it sort of more conscious?
1: I think a bit of both. To, to to start with, I knew that they had to be on opposing ends of the spectrum because that's how drama happens. <laughs> um, listening to people agree with each other is not the most dramatically interesting thing. But I guess it was just the nature of the subject matter that made them get confusing. And I, you know, was constantly confused during the writing of it. Yeah, so that sense of everything being slippery and everything being fluid I think expresses the subject matter and expresses, you know, the subject matter as it was in my own life going like, am I allowed to hold this label or not? I'm not sure. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. No, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Did you, I don't know. Did you find that you answered any of those questions in writing it or the, the idea of holding a label, defending a label, releasing a label?
1: I think I felt like I, I justified my own uncertainty to myself. But also because the, because the filmmaker starts as the more kind of rational character, having her voice in my ear sometimes does make me go, like, no, if this is happening, then this is true. So there's one point where she says, like, if you're having hallucinations, you're definitely mentally unwell. <laughs> like, that is a fact. And, you know, hallucinations are not a part of my own Mental illness experience. I like. I interviewed a friend um, to get her input on um, on what that experience is like. But but sometimes having that voice of logic in my ear, going if x then y, and that can cut through the uncertainty. Sometimes does that make any sense? No, that does make sense. And I think it (laughs) (laughs) is.
0: Well, it also kind of points to that, and it's part of what I wanted to you know pick apart in this series is you know, we do want to kind of box things into certain labels. Like we we want to be able to say that this means this, or if you do this, then that means that. And even by embracing the idea of uncertainty, you can still find pockets within that where you can break through with logic and reason or, mm. or find things that feel really concrete and really solid. Like I think that's just sort of what our experience as humans is, which is just, mm. it's a... It's a challenge putting it in, you know, into a story or onto a page. But I think yeah you did really well with it. (laughs) Thank you. And um that was something else that I that I wanted to mention, because again, not wanting to, you know, divulge too much of too much of the story and exactly what happens. But you know, we have a a smorgasbord of stories in this series. And I love that we have this one that, you know, is an investigation of identity that isn't a linear story and Mm. sort of delves into sort of an abstract places and twists and turns and that that feels really important to me but is Mm. that is that how you imagined the piece would end up
1: definitely because that's just the way I write I'm I'm not interested in linear stories and I'm not interested in everything being realistic someone described my writing style once as swirly and I think that that fits me perfectly so (laughs) so yeah I I um I just think that if you've got the opportunity to be theatrical, then take it. And so I always write with um, either multiple time zones or multiple locations or multiple planes of reality happening at the same time. I'm still articulating why that's important to me as an artist. I think it's something about my, the identity that I haven't talked about in this piece is that I am a former fundamentalist Christian. And creativity and theatre have taken the place of my spirituality, or, or my spirituality is expressed in that way. And so, it's the place where I put all of my wonderings and my imaginings about the world beyond the world that we can see. So, yeah, I'm I'm very, I'm very passionately not a realistic or linear writer.
0: And did that was was that a somewhat conscious choice to not include? religion in this, this particular exploration?
1: Yeah, I think I wasn't, I think I wasn't quite ready to talk about that bit, um, that publicly yet. Mm. Um, since we've recorded that I'm now working on like two other projects that are very much about my like move away from the church. But yeah, I also, I also felt like I didn't want to have so many labels on it that it was complicated to talk about. Like, obviously, people are more than just three characteristics, but for the sake of a, you know, 15-minute audio drama, you might need to boil them down to three characteristics.
0: (laughs) You might. You might. (laughs) You might. (laughs) Um, And on that note, I guess, even though we've sort of touched on it, but how much of you is in both these characters? And would you say it's more the artist or the filmmaker?
1: They're they're very much like me, but slant. So those three characteristics of artist, bisexual, chronically depressed, they are me and they are my experience. The, The filmmaker explores the idea of bisexuality from her position as a lesbian, which has not been my experience. Like I explored the idea of bisexuality from previously identifying as straight but it's but it's got some similar vibes to it yeah and the you know the artist's medium is painting mine is theatre but some of the issues are the same a lot of the issues are the same particularly the idea of artistic exhaustion and and wondering who you are when you're not an artist i think that's something that artists feel very keenly but also people in lots of other professions do as well Um, Who am I when I'm not this thing that I work at, Um, especially when you have such a strong sense of vocation around it. Yeah, and the the mental health aspect, like I said, it became convenient for me to introduce the idea of hallucinations as a sort of plot device. So I I spoke with a friend of mine whose mental illness does include hallucinations. Um, and And I asked her about what that experience was like for her. And you know and, and what she thought about this particular character yeah so the the chronic depression piece is interesting i had a mutual friend of ours once i think maybe you were even there for this conversation he said to me amy have you ever considered that you're clinically depressed and i said what do you think i've been talking about this whole time like <laughs> yes no i yeah I don't know I think I think it was the first time I had I had dropped the idea that suicidality was a part of my experience Mm. um and that made him go oh shit I might take that seriously now when you say that you're depressed Mm. um and it kind of annoyed me that he didn't take it seriously before that yeah so one of the strange things about the pandemic is that it's given me as boring and as horrible as it's been months and months of lockdown is actually a form of stability and so My depression actually got better during the pandemic. Um, I've just recently come off my medication.
0: Yeah, wow. Which
1: is a wild journey. I can imagine. Maybe so wild that I'll end up going back on them, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) That is, yeah, really interesting. And I think that was something that also I was really drawn to in the piece was this this kind of interconnectedness between being artistic and creative and being mentally unwell. And I don't think, Mm. you know, you don't, it doesn't play out in a way where it's like one is conveniently in, in one box or feeding the other thing in a, in a particular way. It's just because it is that uncertainty. It's that constantly questioning, like, am I, am I depressed or am I having big feelings? And am I having big feelings mm. because I'm creative and because I'm artistic and I'm happy to be vulnerable? Or, you know, is, it, is that something else entirely? And, you know, in reality, I guess artists in some way are afforded a certain amount of space to be mentally flexible, which can mm. lead into to different different areas. But then at the same time, it can also feel like you're not taken seriously if you are mentally unwell because there's maybe that that label of artist then drags it into another a whole other
1: mm. whole other space or meaning. Yeah. I used I remember once I was having a fight with my mom when I was a teenager and she just dismissed me by saying, You sound like you're in a play. God. <laughs> And that idea that, like, because you are a person with big feelings mm. that often gets funneled into creativity, then maybe you're not taken seriously. That is no fun to live in. There's, um, there's that quote from Audra Lorde that I'm reminded of where she says something to the effect of, I don't like single-issue conversations because we don't have single-issue lives. Mm. Um, and she was talking about her experience as a black woman and a black gay woman going I can't separate these parts of my identity because I don't experience them at separate times I don't have you know here is a gay day here is a black day like Mm, that's not how we live our lives and so taking multiple elements of our identity they will intertwine because we experience them all at the same time exactly it's sort of they don't they don't end up neatly fitting
0: into boxes no anything unfortunately if only
1: um, and that's why I liked the idea of beginning the episode with um, "She's in a box." <laughs> um.
0: It is, it is a, just a fabulous opening. <laughs> the, <laughs> episode, the artist sitting in a box, refusing to come out, <laughs> works in so many ways. Um, <laughs> well, that seems like a, a particularly good place to to leave the conversation. In a box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put um, it in a box. They- Thank you so much for chatting, chatting with me today, Amy, and please My everyone to listen to This Is Getting Harder. Thank you. Amy Garner Buchanan is an actor and writer based in London and you can follow her on Twitter at Amy JGB, and on Instagram at Amy JGB. You can find more details about Amy, This Is Getting Harder and Make Me on Flugelman Productions socials at underscore Flugelman or website www.flugelman.com.